blessed when I see people just, because I, Karen, I know so many of you, and I know we know what you're going through and what you're dealing with, and, and it's just so, such a rewarding place to be when you watch the people of God stand in their tears, stand in their discomfort and their pain or even their loss, and lift their hands and say, God, I give you praise. God, I worship you in the midst of everything. Hallelujah. So we just praise God for that. Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. Hallelujah. Man, I feel like preaching today. I really do. I, Karen and I traveled all day yesterday. We were in Oklahoma City there uh, with uh, Annabelle and, and her, her, her new husband, Joshua. We were there with Dwayne and Elaine Williams. And uh, we went up there real fast. We flew out early Thursday Got up there, had the wedding Friday, and jumped on the plane early Saturday morning. Traveled all the way back home. Got here last night, late yesterday afternoon. And uh, but when I was on the plane, we had some jacked up seats, and uh, and we were just not where we normally like to be. And and Karen was had to sit in the middle, which that if y'all know my wife, she don't like to sit in the middle of nothing. And 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 so and I had to work. I had to work. I was on my computer, and I had to work. And she was all up in my space. All, of, all, all up in my space, and I was trying to work. But, man, while, while, while we were just flying and doing what we had to do to get back, man, God was speaking to me. Whew, and I feel like preaching today. I'm a little tired, but I still feel like preaching today. I just feel like God wants to do something in your life today. Amen? All right, so, so, so I don't even know why I said that. But Matthew chapter 14. Matthew, I was going somewhere, but I lost it in the shuffle there somewhere. That's what happens when you get a little older. Better take me some pills or something. I don't know. Matthew 14, verse number 22. And immediately he made his disciples get into the boat to go ahead of him to the other side. Somebody just shout the other side. Come on, somebody say, this ain't where I stop. And while he sent the crowds away, and after he sent the crowds away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone, and the boat was already a long distance from the land. Battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. I just like to read it again. He was walking on the sea. He was walking where you normally don't walk. And when the disciples saw him walking, there it is again. When the disciples saw him walking where you normally don't walk. Y'all see that? Now, I know some of y'all, y'all walk on water all the time, but this is a little different today. This is for all of us who don't. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is, a, it is a ghost, and they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter said to, them, said to him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Command me to come out there where people normally don't walk. Command me to get out there in where, into a realm where it doesn't make any kind of sense. I'm trying to find somebody to locate here. Try, just get me out there where it doesn't seem logical. And Jesus said, come on, Peter, the water's fine. Get out of the boat. And, and, and Peter got out of the boat, and he walked on the water, and he came toward Jesus. But seeing the wind, he became frightened and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and took a hold of him. And he said to him, you of little faith, why 
did you doubt? He didn't say you didn't have any faith. He just said you had little faith. It's not that you don't have faith. You're just not operating in the faith that you got. Why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind stopped. And those who were in the boat began to worship him, saying, you are certainly God's son. This is where we, this is our theme verse. And Peter said to him, Lord, if that's you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and he walked on water. We've been talking about this is not normal. This is not normal. Run to about three people and tell them God's going to take you to places where it's not normal. Come on. God's going to take you to places where it's not normal. It's not normal. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you real quick. Father, we just thank you this morning for what you're doing in hearts and lives. Holy Spirit, we thank you today. Lord, we just yield to you today. Lord, we yield our hearts. We yield our minds. Lord, we yield our thoughts to you today. Holy Spirit, you're the preacher. You're the teacher. You're the communicator, the revelator. You're the revealer. You're the revealer of truth. Lord, take take my words and use them as your words into our hearts today. Thank you today for what you're going to do in hearts and lives, and we give you all the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name I pray, and everybody together said amen and amen. God bless you this morning. You can be seated. Hallelujah. How many know that in every season of our life, every seasons of our life, every season can be entered and exited from? Seasons have beginnings and endings. Every season has a beginning, and every season has an end. But the contrary to that is, cycles can be entered into, but never be exited from. Seasons will change. Seasons come and go. We live our life through seasons, but it's revealed by cycles. So seasons come and go, and seasons can be entered into, And seasons can have an exit. But cycles can be entered and never exited from. How many know that being stuck with no forward progress, you can be stagnant or you can always be tied to some form of dysfunction with never changing? I mean, that's not a season. That's a cycle. If if your life is never being developed, If something is never moving forward in your life, you're not in a season, you're in a cycle. This will be on the screen for you. Seasons will change in time, but cycles and habits change when you change. Seasons will come and go. In fact, the Bible teaches us that it's God who changes the times and the seasons. You, You don't even get to vote on it. You get to walk through it. And, and I just believe this. This, this, is, this is my interpretation. But I believe that any season that I'm in, as long as I'm in God, it's going to turn out to my benefit. Because I hear people say all the time, well, I'm just going through a bad season. No, you just got some bad weather. The Bible says the steps of a righteous man or a righteous woman are ordered of the Lord and he delights in their way. So no matter what I find myself into, if God has ordered my steps then he is delighting in my way. And I may have some bad weather, but I'm still in a good season. But the difference is, 
I can survive the season if God led me into it, but the problem is if I'm not learning what a habit is, then a habit stays reoccurring. And you can spend a lot of energy and make no progress. It's like that proverbial hamster on a hamster wheel. I mean, that little boy or little girl, whatever it is, little something, it's burning up a lot of energy on that hamster wheel. It's expending a lot of energy, but it ain't going nowhere. (laughs) And some people just get so busy burning up a lot of energy, running wide open, but making no progress. And when you're not making any progress, you have to understand, you have to begin to discern, it's, it, am I in a cycle? Is there something in my life that needs to be dealt with? Is there something that God's trying to show me, teach me, that I need to break out of so that I can experience the goodness of God in every day of my life? Because understand this morning that time is moving. Seasons are changing, but you may not. Hmm? Time is moving, but nothing in your life is changing. Time is moving, but your mindset is still the same. Time is moving, but you're getting older, but not changing. You're not in a season. You're in a cycle. You're in a cycle. Look at your neighbor and say, we got to break the cycle today. Come on, we got to break the cycle today. This will be on the screen for you. I'm just a little bit more foundation so I can get to where I need to go. Cycles will break. This will be on the screen. Cycles will break when you decide how far you're willing to go based on who and what you're willing to leave. I told you I feel like preaching. I'm going to get there in a minute. I'm telling you. If you can never leave, destructive habits, if you never leave negative behavior, if you never leave patterns and attitudes, or if you never leave certain people, you're not in a season, you're in a cycle. How many know that, 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 that uh, when, when they threw Jonah overboard, the storm ceased? There are some storms in your life that will cease when you get rid of some of the people in your life. (laughs) Oh, my Lord, I felt that. Y'all threw that one back on me. I felt it. I mean, that Samson didn't have to date the whole town to get a haircut. He just got in bed with one woman. He just got connected to the wrong somebody. Because some of these things will change in your life when you decide, I'm not going to be like that. I'm not going to act like that. I'm not going to talk like that. I'm not going to display that kind of behavior. I'm not going to run around with all these dysfunctional people in my life, all these cray-cray people running around in my life. I'm just not going to be that kind of person. You got you to get to that place. And it's not, it's, it's, it's not that you don't love them. And, and this, just please help, help me understand what, what I'm about to say to you. Don't, 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 don't throw me out right here. But, but sometimes it's even your family. Because your family wants to keep you too tied to a level that they won't graduate from. That's not everybody, but that could be somebody. 
And sometimes you just got to know, I can't be tied to everybody that don't want to progress. I can't be weighted down by everybody's issues and problems when God's trying to promote me. God's trying to take me to places where it don't make no sense. It's unnatural. It has no logical bearing to it. God's trying to move me beyond the place. And I have to recognize it's not a season. It's a cycle. Until you are willing to break the cycle, the seasons in your life will never change. So, 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 so if you don't break it, if you don't leave it, it's always going to be attached to you. Everybody in your life is not going to go with you. I, I'm amazed. Because we live in a, in, a, in a political environment now, everything's politicized. I mean, you can't even watch movies. You can't even watch sports without it being politicized. So everything becomes politicized, but what's the shame of all that? The church has become politicized. And the church should never be political. Uh, there's, on, there's only one king. There's only one gospel. And, and so anytime the church begins to take sides, we lose our ability to influence. That's why the church should always stay on truth. Yeah? So, 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 so everybody... In your life, it's not going to go with you. Not everybody is going to want to grow with you. And sooner or later, you have to determine in your walk with God, in your development with God, I was never built to stay tied to a place of limitation. I was never built to stay tied to a boat when God has given me permission to do something beyond the natural realm. You, you, you got to get to that place. Now, I'm going I'm to preach it in a minute, but just, just work with me. That's why in order, this will be on the screen. That's why in order for our life to be successful in the design of God for it, in order for our life to be successful, you have to have an increased appetite for his word. Oh, my Lord, I just said something right there. You have to have an increased appetite for the word of God. You have to develop in your soul an appetite that's beyond the externals. You have to have this ongoing hunger for the Word of God. If not, then everything in your life will stay stagnant. Everything in your life will stay contrary. Everything in your life, all the ways will keep beating against your life if you don't have a steady diet of God's word. Because what happens is every time there is an external issue, you respond according to the external issues rather than responding to a word for it. And what God is doing, let me just try to help us this morning. God is raising up. Listen, the, 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 the Christian community is never going to be the majority. That's why the Bible always calls us the remnant. There's always going to be the remnant. It's never going to be the majority. But what we are is we are a powerful remnant. So what God is doing in this day, he's raising up remnants of believers who can stand in the face of adversity and not be moved. Woo! They can stand in everything that the enemy is throwing at you and not, not come apart. Okay? So until your mind, somebody shout my mind. Until your mind is exposed to a different value system, then you're going to keep repeating certain levels that becomes, ultimately becomes your culture. Until your mind is exposed to a different value system, you're going to keep repeating certain behaviors, certain patterns, certain cycles 
that becomes your culture. Once behavior is sustained, once behavior is lived out long enough, it becomes predictable. You ever been around those folks that you just know how they're going to act? You just know it. You just, you just, they're going to go off. They're going to cry. They're going to stomp. They're going to scream. They're going to cuss. Whatever. You just, you just know it's coming. It's predictable. Some of you know your kids are that way. You know the moment you tell them no, they're going to ah, they're going to fall apart. Right? <laughs> I must be talking to the wrong church. I forgot. Y'all got perfect kids. I forgot. <laughs> because it becomes predictable. Behavior sustained becomes predictable. And if our mind, I'm going to preach this thing in a minute. Y'all just hang out with me. If our mind is never exposed to something different, if our mind never gets renewed, then you will always stay tied to a former experience. Every time God wants to bring you into something new, if your mind has not been renewed, or if your mind has not been exposed to a different outcome, you're going to revert back to an old experience. And that's, ladies and gentlemen, that's where a lot of people live their life they make decisions based on former experiences. They, 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 that's really, if you want to put some spiritual words to it, it's, it's called generational curses that gets attached to the bloodline and it runs through your bloodline and you start and you keep your, 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 you, you are promoting the bloodline of a curse when your mind never gets renewed. You are promoting the bloodline of something bad, something negative, some sort of wrong behavior. If your mind never gets renewed and you break it, then all you do is you pass it down to the next generation and you contaminate everybody that you're around. That's why the mind has to be renewed. So that's why God gives us his word. God gives us doctrine. He gives us his word so that we can be different and we can be distinct. Amen. Because once you believe in something, you can't believe in everything. And part of the ongoing battle, this will be on the screen for you, part of the ongoing battle is, is that the church has to be careful that we don't get caught up trying to redefine everything Rather than, for, rather than enforcing what we already know. <laughs> when you know there's some bad behavior trying to attach itself to you, don't try to redefine it. Deal with it. In other words, don't let the enemy rule over you with his words. Don't let the enemy have the last say-so with his words. What separates the church from the world should be our value system. What separates us from the world should be what we believe in. And, in, and, in, and if you don't get a renewed mind, if your mind doesn't get exposed to the word of God, then you're always going to be tied to limited experiences. And that could be good or bad, but most of the time it's bad. And you stay tied to an old philosophy. You stay tied to an old thought pattern. You stay tied to an old generational curse that's been operating in your family for years. And you just keep repeating the same cycle, repeating the same behavior. You just keep going through the motions of life. You're getting older, but you're not changing. Time is moving, but you're not changing. Amen. <laughs> it's going to get better, I promise. 
So before the church or any believer can be the city that's set on a hill, before we can be salt and light, then we have to build, this is my words, I started with you three weeks ago in this series, you have to build a faith culture. You have to build a culture that releases the evidence that the kingdom reigns inside of you. You have to release a culture around your life that when people see you, they know you're different. <laughs> when people see you, say, yeah, they're a little peculiar. Yeah, they odd. They off. They different. Well, according to the world standards, we are. Jesus was not crucified because he was light. In fact, if he had Facebook now, he wouldn't have a whole lot of friends. I'm telling you, he ministered to 5,000 women, not count, 5,000 men, not counting women and children. And then when it got time for him to go to that upper room, he could only convince 120 to go. Some of y'all got that many friends on family. Huh? I'm just trying to say, you have to get to the place. You have to get to the place. Every young person needs to hear what I'm about to say. You have to get to the place where it's not about being liked or being accepted. It's about being right in the eyes of God. It's about walking in integrity, walking in truth, walking in character. And just because you lie a little don't mean God's going to overlook it. Just because you fake over here a little bit don't mean that God's going to... That becomes a cycle in your life. And the next thing you know, you keep reproducing it. And it really don't matter at the end of the day. It really don't matter at the end of the day. The Bible says, in fact, Jesus made of no reputation of himself. Jesus was not trying to be everybody's friend. He was trying to be Lord over your life so that you don't have to live in the same destructive patterns that everybody around you are tied to he comes to deliver us he comes to set us free okay so 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 that that so the faith culture somebody shout faith culture so this will be on the screen for you these are my definitions a faith culture is the environment of your life that keeps you from being bound by the cycle of sameness and predictability that's what a faith culture is and when there's no sustainable faith culture then the outcome of your life never progresses beyond what we call normal. You just stay attached to what's normal. Mm. Keep giving in and listening to the deceiver of our life and keep making agreements with his words. He then functions, the devil, he functions out of delegated authority. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 18, he says, all authority in heaven and in earth has been given unto me, meaning the devil don't have no authority. And the only reason why the devil gets the upper hand on anybody is because somebody came into agreement with him. The only, the only reason why the enemy can run roughshod over your life is because somebody gave him license. Somebody gave him permission. I'm telling you, I'm, not, I'm, t- I'm, saying, I'm trying to say, you can, have, you can have bad weather in your seasons. doesn't mean everything's just good. You can have some bad weather in your seasons. I'm talking about cycles where nothing in your life ever changes because you keep agreeing with what the devil is saying to you. Well, I'm never going to be this. I'm never going to be that. She's always going to be like that. He's always going to be like this. My kids, my kids. My, it's, just, it's just negative, negative, negative. It produces negative behavior. Negative behavior sustained becomes predictable. Amen. So you get to that place where you're building this faith culture that becomes sustainable so that the outcome of your life looks different. 
You can stand against somebody that's going through the same thing you're going through. But there's something in you that they don't have that keeps you from falling apart like they're falling apart. There's something in you that makes you, makes you throw up your hand in worship when there's a loss in your life. Whew. There's something in you that don't let you get drunk. <laughs> there's something in you that keeps you off medicine. I'm losing my amens. I better stop, but I had a few right there. If we always keep giving in and listening to the deceiver, we keep agreeing with what he's, he is saying so that anything that's contrary, anything that's contrary to the Word of God, if you don't know the Word, anything that's contrary to the Word of God becomes attractive. You're drawn to it. You get drawn into a place. You get drawn into cycles. Because the enemy knows this about most believers. He may not cause you to lose your salvation. But if he can keep you off your purpose. He may not cause you to miss heaven. But he may cause you to miss a lot of heaven in the earth. And then he would have succeeded over your destiny, over your calling. So the only time, watch this now, I'm about to preach this thing. Y'all ready? Okay, got three of you. I'm going, I'm going there. The only time the devil's words are appealing is when I have lost sight of God's word. The only time the enemy words are attractive to me is when the word of God is no longer attractive to me. The only time, the only time that the enemy's words even look reasonable is when I don't have God's word in my heart. So Psalms 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. One translation says, I have treasured your words in my heart that I may not sin against you, O God. It's the, same, it's, the same, it's the same understanding when Mary, Mary pondered or Mary treasured these things in her heart concerning Jesus. There's something about believers who can take the Word of God, hide it in their heart, take it into their heart, value the Word of God, put, 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 put some sort of some value to what you're reading and put it inside your heart so that when the contrary winds begin to blow, when the waves begin to beat against your boat, you're not moved by the externals, but you are anchored solid in the Word of God and you're not moved by the externals. You're moved by the internal living power of the Word of God that produces life, that keeps the cycles from being attached over your life. You don't have to go through life bruised and beat up and battered. You don't have to go through your life mad and unforgiving. You don't have to walk through your life all messed up and ashamed and tied to dysfunction. You can be free in the name of Jesus. You can come out from among the world. You can be separate from the things of the world. Because you got something inside of you. Jesus said, my words, they are life and they are living. My word is spirit and it's living. Word of God is alive. It's alive. This will be on the screen for you. If you want to know what God is saying, then start saying what he already said. <laughs> so I say, I just wish I could hear God. I'm telling you, you want to know what God's saying? Read his book. Read the Bible. I just wish I could get a word from God. Read your Bible. 
There's 66 books. Just read the Bible. You will get a word from God. And, and when you want to know what God is saying, start saying what he's already said. Don't say what I'm going through, how bad it is, how messed up it is. Start saying what God says about the problem. Say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. And do not doubt in your heart, but believe those things which you say, and you shall have what you say. Woo! Hallelujah. So I believe God. Jesus said in John 12, 49, he said, he, said, he said, I have spoken not on my own authority, but I only speak what the Father tells me. I only speak. I only do what the Father tells me. It's the place where the church is trying to get to. So in order to accurately hear the voice of God, there has to be a value for the Word of God. That's to be a value. I'm trying to help 21st century believers living in America. You're not going to make it without the word. I'm not saying, I, I'm not saying you're going to lose your salvation. I'm saying you're not going to be victorious. Because you're going to be beat up by the wind. You're going to be beat up by the waves. And you're going to go through motions and cycles. <laughs> and your life is way more valuable than the stuff that you've been delivered from way more valuable. This will be, this, 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 let me just say this and I'll put this on the screen for you. My value for the voice of God has to be represented in my value for his word. I get tickled sometimes at everybody running to everybody's conference. Mainly church, you know, they said, well, I'm going to go to this conference. I'm going to go to that conference. I just need a word. <laughs> you got so much word now, it'd take like 10 lifetimes to live it out. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that stuff. I'm just saying it becomes flighty after a while because you become unstable because you just got to hear another word. You got to hear another word. You got to hear another And I'm telling you, if you never get another word, you can have a word. God doesn't build his church in conferences. He builds his church in congregational gatherings. Ooh, I think I just stepped on somebody's toe right there. Somebody just said, I ain't going to go to that next week. You'll know. I ain't gonna <laughs> the devil cannot read your thoughts. He can only read the thoughts he gives you. devil can't read your thoughts, but he can read the thoughts that he gives you. And what you meditate on the most is what you become. What you think about the most is what you are. Well, I just don't know if I can do it. Well, you just keep saying that. I promise you, you won't ever do it. Hmm? If you're going to win the war in your mind, you have to learn. How to talk back to your enemy. You remember growing up, remember some of y'all still got little kids, remember you always tell you, don't talk back to me. Don't you talk back. How many is just in their nature to talk back? Like, they won't say it anyway. I wish the church would get like that again. When the devil says something, he said, don't you talk back. This is the way it is. No, you better say something back. 
you better fire back. Hallelujah. You better say something back. When the devil engages you, you better engage him. You better have a talk back. If not, then the enemy will talk you out of your promise. He'll talk you out of your healing. He'll talk you out of sonship. He'll talk you out of deliverance. He'll talk you out of authority. He'll talk you out of breakthrough. He'll just say, no, that's just where, that's just where it's always going to be. It was like that in your family. It was like that in your great-granddaddy. It's just always been that. That runs in your family. That's how you are going to be for the rest of your life. Disease runs in your family. Broken marriages run in your family. Alcoholism runs in your family. Drugs run in your family. And if you don't let the devil know, uh-uh, it may have ran in my family tree, but it ain't going to run through my lineage. I'm stopping it right now. And I just have to say to every demonic force, you came against my family in the past, but there's a new bloodline coming through me. There's a new direction coming out of my life. And I refuse to be bound by what God has brought me out of. So you got to have a little talk back to it. You just got to say, huh, devil, you are the deceiver. You are the liar. Let God's word be true and let every devil be a liar and let every man be a liar. But I choose to believe the report of the Lord. I choose to believe what God has said about my life. I choose to believe the evidence of what God is over the facts that you promote. Hallelujah. Somebody say talk back. Let me show you something real quick while we've got just a few minutes. Look with me in Matthew 4. Very familiar, very familiar verses of Scripture here. I'm trying to get to my main points. This just gets, I, I had too long on the plane. That's the issue. Matthew chapter 4, this is, this is when Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Isn't it amazing? It, it amazes me that God will lead you into a fight. God would never do that. That must be the devil. No, God leads you so that you can demonstrate righteousness in the middle of the battle. God, somebody, somebody said, well, I, I, that must be the devil. No, it might be God. It might be God saying, you know what? Come on, Job. I can trust him in this situation. I can trust him. You can, you, you can hit him with everything you got. You, you, can, you can come against his family. You can come against his children. You can even come against his health. But I trust that guy right there. I trust Job. In fact, I'm going to brag on him. I'm going to say to you, say, have you looked at Job? Have you found him out? And Job said, yeah, I looked at him. But you put a hedge around him. I can't touch him. And God said, I'll remove the hedge. Just don't take his life. I'm trying to say to you, ladies and gentlemen, there's a place in God where you begin to trust the movements of of God and I may not like what I'm going through I may have some bad weather in my seasons but I refuse to let my bad weather become a cycle in my life because I'm going to get through it I'm going to get to the other side I'm going to get to the other side so Matthew chapter 4 Jesus is led into the wilderness by the spirit and the Bible's very plain to be tempted by the devil And after he, this is a, this is, after he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, then he became hungry. Verse number 3. And the tempter came to him, the deceiver, the devil, came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. This is interesting to me because Jesus has been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And the first thing the enemy throws at him is something that Jesus probably craves. Food. 
Because the enemy is tracking your behavior. The enemy is watching what you're going through. And he just says, you know what? I'm going to let them get to a place where they feel weak, they feel vulnerable, and then I'm going to spring it on them. I'm just going, if you are who you say you are, command these stones to become bread. Here comes the talk back. Verse number four, Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out from the mouth of God. The devil said something, and then Jesus said something. How do you know that if the living word had to say something about the word, you and I are going to have to use the same principles and apply it to your life. You're going to have to talk back to the devil, not with your philosophies, not with your likes on Facebook, not with your Instagram account. You're going to have to talk back to the devil with Scripture in your heart. All right, let's look at number two, verse number five. Then the devil said, look, then the devil took him up to the holy city and stood him on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to them, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he shall command his angels concerning you. Now the devil's quoting scripture. It's just out of line. And their hands will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said, verse number seven, on the other hand, it is written. The devil said something and Jesus said something. Are y'all getting that? Let's look at the third one, verse number 10. Well, number nine. It goes on, verse number eight. He takes him up to the the very high mountain, shows him all the kingdoms of the world and all their glory. This is is where it's getting down to because the enemy wants your worship. He said, if all these things I'll give to you if you'll just fall down and worship me. That's what the enemy wants from you. That's what he craves. He craves your attention. And Jesus said, go, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil said something, then Jesus said something. And then verse number 11 is the pinnacle of it all. Verse number 11, you see that? Then the devil left him. Could it be that the devil is not leaving nothing because ain't nobody saying nothing? Could it be that the cycles and the repetition of that negative behavior isn't being broken because nobody says nothing back? Oh, that's a good place to shout amen right there. The one thing that the enemy cannot handle is, 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 is a righteous life that consistently fronts him, confronts him with the word of God. He can't handle that. He can't deal with that. And so in our walk with God, I'm about to let this thing out of the bag right here. In our walk with God, that means there are certain things that may happen to other people, but that does not dictate how it's going to happen to me. Certain things may be the outcome of other people because it's predictable. Because their behavior is predictable. 
But that doesn't mean that's going to be my outcome. The outcome of their situation is not going to look like the outcome of my situation. It's not that we're better than anybody else. It's just that we have a faith culture that refuses us to be defined by the limitations that other people are suffering through. I'm about ready to preach this thing. I'm trying to say to somebody in this building today, you don't have to be defined by any level of limitations. Just because somebody else is going through it don't mean you're going to come through it just like that. Just because they had a failed marriage don't mean you're going to have a failed marriage. Just because their children won't get right don't mean your children aren't going to get right. Just because they didn't succeed don't mean you're not going to succeed. Just because they want to stay in the boat don't mean you're going to stay in the boat. Just because they want to digress and you want to progress, that doesn't. I'm not going to live my life based on their outcome. I'm going to live my life based on what God has said about my life. I'm going to live my life based on the word of God. And when everything in my life is contrary, when everything in my life makes no sense, when I'm living in a world that has no sense about it at all, I am not going to be moved by the times. I'm not going to be moved by the contrary winds. I'm anchored. My soul is anchored in the heart beat of God because the word of God is alive, it's living it's active inside of me in him I live, in him I move, in him I have my being push on somebody and tell them this ain't normal this ain't normal I'm about about ready to preach this thing I'm about to get there I think I, was it last week I talked about the table, really, remember Psalms 23, thou hast prepared a table before me in the presence of of my enemies. It's not that the enemy is not real. It's just that he don't matter. <laughs> it's not that he's not sitting there. It's just that I don't care that he's sitting there because on the other side of him is my redeemer. On the other side of him is my savior, my healer, my breaker, anointing, my man, the man Christ, Jesus, son of the living God, the sovereign monarch of the universe, the supreme of all beings. Mm. I know he's there. I know the report is bad. I know it don't make sense, but it don't matter. I know he's there. I'm not taking away from the fact that I'm hurting. I'm not taking away from the fact that I'm walking through pain. I'm not taking away from the fact that I'm a little nervous, but I've got a confidence in God that overrides my fear. My faith in God is stronger than the accusations of the devil. Faith, this will be on the screen, faith doesn't deny the reality of my situation. It just denies its influence over me. That's what a faith culture is. I don't deny the reality of what I'm walking through. I just say it ain't going to influence me. Hmm. Your darkest hour, your darkest situation is always a place of fellowship. Seated at the table is Jesus himself. Just to mess with your theology about God, he's the one who set the table. And he could have set it over there, he could have set it over there, but he did it right in front of my enemies. To let the enemy know, at the end of the day, you get to watch this victory play out. 
at the end of the day, you get to watch my servant ride through the wind, walk through the contrary winds and the waves that are beating against it. You get to watch my servant rise in victory, and you have to sit there and watch him give me praise when he don't feel like praising me. You have to sit there and watch him cry when all hell has broken loose against his family. You have to sit there and watch him go through it and honor me in the middle of it. Oh, my Lord. That should have merited a baby being thrown at me right there. Or at least a chair. Don't become so focused on the enemy that you miss God in the moment. There's not a season in your life that he's not there. I don't care how devastating the news is. He's there. Job said, when I looked to my left, I couldn't find him. When I looked to my right, he wasn't there. When I looked in front of me, I couldn't perceive him. I didn't know he was even behind me. I looked behind me, and I could not fathom him. But he knows the way I take. He knows the way I take. And when I can't, when I can't find him, when I can't see him, I can still trust him. Because he's the one who seated me at the table. And he's the one who makes sure that my enemies were seated there with me so he could watch the, display, the, 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 the glorious display of my power coming through my people. Man, I'm preaching way harder, sweating way harder, and y'all shouting, man. Oh, my Lord, I'm working this thing right now. Don't let your circumstances by the enemy you see define you. Define your circumstances by the God that's with you. Some may trust in horses. Some may trust in chariots. But I'm going to trust in the name of the Lord. And the moment you declare that, it's going to be tested. (laughs) The moment you say, God, I'm going to trust you, here comes the test. Because you don't know how much you... Believe something until it's tested. I know years ago, Karen and I made a vow to each other. When we got married, divorce is not an option. Murder, maybe. <laughs> if, I, if, I, if, I, if, I, if I come up missing, investigate. Get somebody in my house, start digging. (laughs) We made a vow. We made a vow. And we 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 said we said to one another, divorce is off the table. And I'll tell you, the moment you say that, it's coming. (laughs) There has been a whole lot of opportunities I had reason to get rid of her. (laughs) I just can't. <laughs> Who wants to go get a hamburger with me after church? <laughs> save me, Sandra, save me. There's been plenty of opportunities for us to throw in the towel. Probably more so on her end than my end. I just fixed it. <laughs> I remember in some real dark days of our life. I mean, I mean, we were tested. We were tested. Some of y'all were here back in those days. 
when Karen wouldn't obey him. <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> I, I'm just trying to lighten it up because some of y'all look way too serious right now. Some of y'all remember them days. But you know what we did? After going through all the stuff, just fighting through it. I always say this to people. As long as you're in a struggle, you're not defeated. Because the very fact that you're struggling is a sure sign you don't want to be there. Whew. You just, just keep fighting. Keep swinging. Keep throwing them dishes. <laughs> Whatever you got to do. But you know what? That word was tested. And it don't mean, remember Shema, the pea field? Peas don't mean much unless they're your peas. The victory don't mean much unless it's your victory. And when we secured it, when we secured it after the fight and the temptations and all the stuff we went through, when we secured it, then we let the enemy know, you can hit us on all kind of angles, but that will never be an option. Yeah. Never be an option. Because if you don't have any core values, then everything becomes an option. You'll just vacillate on anything because you'll change based on circumstances. And more, more importantly, you'll change based on your feelings. Well, I don't feel like it. Give me a break. Whoever feels like it. It's a war of the flesh and the spirit. It's always going to be a war. You never, your flesh is never going to feel like giving God praise. Your flesh is never going to feel like reading the Bible. You know what I have to do? I've been doing this stuff for a long time, but you know what I have to do to pray? I have to walk and pray. I have to walk and pray because I don't fall asleep. So I walk and pray every morning at 5 o'clock. Every single day I walk and pray so I don't fall asleep. I'm just letting the enemy know you can tempt me with everything you got, but I'm still going to get up. I'm still going to work it. I'm, even when, I'm up, when we were in the, in the hotel up there in Oklahoma, I still got up at 4.30 and I walked and I prayed because I'm letting the devil know you can put whatever you want against me, but you're not going to beat me. You're not going to overthrow me because the God that I serve is greater than what you have against me. Get to that place. Get to that place where your life is disciplined by what you know instead of trying to redefine everything that we know to fit your feelings. Well, God will understand. No, he don't. Please don't use that against God. He don't understand. He watched his son go through it all. He don't understand when you don't want to be there. He don't understand when you don't want to press through. He don't understand that. He's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He knows the power that you have. So don't say, well, God understands. I'm just going to take the day off. No, he don't understand that. That's your laziness. That's an indictment against you, not against the God that you serve. <laughs> I'm sorry for feeling like I'm hollering. I'm telling you, I came to preach today. Hallelujah. You have to be careful that your uncomfortable place Watch this last thing, I have to quit. I'm not through, but I'm going to quit. You have to be careful that your uncomfortable place don't become a place of complaining. Complaining reveals that you're losing the battle over your thoughts. People who complain all the time is a revealer that you're losing the battle 
over your thought life. Whew. Boy, you don't have to live long in our world to see there's a lot of criticism out there, a lot of complaining. I even get amazed in church life. People want a perfect environment. Are you kidding me? That's where all hell manifests. You look around this room today. Look at all these people here. You think everybody's on the same page? You think everybody thinks like you? <laughs> I promise you. Talk to three different people, you get three different opinions. So you can't get to the place of complaining. Here's a scripture for you. 1 Thessalonians, this is not going to be on screen. I just added it this morning. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. Here's, here's the words. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. Verse 18. For this is the will of God for your life. Somebody said, what's the will of God for my life? Rejoice. <laughs> well, I don't like it. Rejoice. I don't like the way they made me feel. I'm just going to rejoice. I'm just going to rejoice. Karen and I were talking about some stuff the other day. You know, I, I, I have the fruit of joy. All of y'all do if you've been born again. Joy is not a feeling. It's a fruit. So you have to choose how to operate. <laughs> well, I just got a right to be mad. Well, you probably do. But that ain't what the Bible teaches us. The Bible says you got to rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And this is the big one. In everything, in everything, give thanks. Somebody shout everything. You know what that means in the Greek? Everything. That's what it means. In everything, Give it. Well, I don't like the way they talked to me. I don't like what they said. I don't like what they did. I don't like how they treated me. I don't like what they're doing. I don't like. I don't like. I don't like. It don't matter. It don't matter. You're, re you're being a representation of the evidence of the kingdom of God in the earth among those that are perishing. Because that is, that's what it says, that is the will of God for your life. Amen. <laughs> I didn't feel like you'd get a whole lot of amens on that, but that's the truth. So the will of God is to rejoice. <laughs> so I'm just going to rejoice. We sing that song, I will rejoice. There is a fountain. I will rejoice. I'm just going to rejoice. I'm, I got to quit because I don't have time to go into my points. So I'm just going to rejoice. I'm going through something. I'm just going to rejoice. I don't like what I'm feeling right now, but I'm going to rejoice. My feelings have to line up with my spirit. My spirit's not going to line up with my feelings. I'm going make to my, make my feelings line up with my spirit. I'm going to walk in victory. Yeah? I choose to live a life above the circumstances. And that's what we're going to get to with Peter here, maybe, before the rapture hits. Because when, you're been, when you've been called to be the exception, you can never be satisfied with the ordinary. God has called us to live a life above what everybody else is fighting. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet. We'll quit. We'll quit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just really ran out of time. Really ran out of time. I preached for an hour, and that don't even seem like long enough. 
I mean, know that there were 12 men in that boat, but only one spoke out. And the one that spoke out was the one that defied logic. Peter became the exception. He refused to allow what was going on in the life of the other 11 to be his outcome. And some of you in here today are in a boat, and there's a lot of opinions in that boat with you. Walking is natural. Where you walk can be supernatural. Well, I feel a commission here today to challenge every believer under the sound of my voice. Don't walk where it's normal. Don't stay bound to those cycles those attitudes and those behaviors. Can I say it like I feel it? Don't stay bound to your sickness. Don't stay bound to your reports. Don't stay bound to the evidence of the winds. The wind, you, you can't excuse the winds. They were there. The waves were beating. It was there. But Peter walked in the midst of what everybody else was fighting because everybody can be going through something but my outcome is not going to be like their outcome uh-uh. Uh-uh. And, and we all know this we, everybody's preaching well Peter began to sink he got his eyes off Jesus that's so true anytime you get distracted you lose sight of the promise anytime you get distracted you're sure to sink but the least the least, the least of it all at least Peter got to Jesus first. Yes. I don't blame him. I, 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 don't even, I don't have nothing negative to say about Peter losing his, getting distracted. I just want to be bold enough to say, Lord, if that's you, let me do the unthinkable. Lord, if that's you, let me yes. step beyond reason. Let me go beyond what everything around me is sinking and fighting for. I don't know about you, but I want to go deeper. I want to go higher. I want to go further in God. Come on, if that's you, just lift your hands all over the building. Just begin to magnify Him. Come on, if you got pain in your life, worship Him. If you're struggling, worship Him. Come on, lift your voice like a trumpet. Oh.